This is it. It's here. We're doing it. Okay, we got a podcast going. It's called the Always Be About the Cruise podcast, but we got a few things to talk about today. We're going to get into some financials. We're going to talk Carnival financials. You know, I didn't know how or why they'd be able to have their first quarter earnings call when, I mean, the first quarter's not even over yet technically and you would think they'd have to sort out some data but i did hear that you know i did hear that uh, the accounting is a little different you know and they go by accounting periods which i did know but i did think they would start at least in the first quarter at the very beginning but again hey listen you live you learn and that's life we're also going to talk about a few things that are going on as far as the seed trade cruise convention that's happening in fort lauderdale and uh, we will also be covering a little bit about Tommy's top five, and that's going to be my favorite. Again, these are kind of personal. My favorite cruise directors. And it looks like, to me, from this point of view, it looks to me like Norwegian, The Pearl, and Sixth Man are added again, adding two more theme cruises to the already illustrious lineup. Let's start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruise And if I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have Best we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking. You can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go. Cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show. I'm right here. My name is Tommy Casabona. I'm your host, and we're doing this from the K Compound down in sunny, beautiful, gorgeous springtime in South Florida. Dare I say spring break and things are happening down here. Looks like things calmed down a little bit with the wild uh, revelers. The people enjoying the libations, the little whippersnappers out there that are, uh, you know, we're out our windows here in Florida yelling, get off our lawn, but they're doing okay. Listen, yeah, there was a couple of problems down in Miami. I think we got a lot of it sorted out and the kids are having fun and everything's okay. But either way, I would like to, at the top of the show, remind you that I have a Patreon. It is a extra five shows a week and they are meant to be enjoyed. I call it the wake up show. What we do is we start each of those shows off by basically saying, picking a port, picking five ports of call, uh, identifying which ships are there, identifying when the sun comes up. So we can kind of all celebrate the start of that beautiful cruise day because, I mean, I know maybe not everybody, but the majority of us, if given the choice, where would we rather be right now? Probably on a cruise, right? And with that being said, let's celebrate those who are because we just know that if we know 
Tammy and Joseph are in Cozumel right now, and their son is going to come up at 6.44 a.m., and they're going to be in port on the Carnival Glory right next to the beautiful Norwegian Escape, which happens to be right next to Freedom of the Seas. We know what that feeling is like, and we want to celebrate that. Revel in it will talk about some of the uh, ships that are experiencing transatlantic cruises. Uh, we talk about the uh, what they might be going through from a, uh, I guess, a wave or um, ocean condition standpoint. And that's the Patreon. It's $8 per month, but as I mentioned, five extra shows a week. You can get that and become part of the Mega Cone family by heading over to patreon.com slash alwaysbebooked, patreon.com slash alwaysbebooked. One more time, that's patreon.com slash alwaysbebooked. I have a Facebook lounge, and it's done via a group on Facebook. That's right. Make your way over to Facebook and check out the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. And that right there is another celebration of cruising. This is the chance for us as a community to develop and grow and interact and share share information, share pictures, share our experiences together. If you have a question, uh, I would basically venture to guess that you're going to be able to find the answer in the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge group on Facebook. So definitely check that out. It is a private group, but you just request to get in, and I let you right in. And as long as no, there's no uh, ne'er-do-wells or any tomfoolery, we let you stay there and have a good time, and we enjoy it. And, uh, you know, that's how a lot of the uh, stuff, you know, we, we, we do meet up sometimes, you know, if we're in each other's towns or if we're going to do a group cruise, which we are, and the time is ticking on the Always Be Booked Pirates and Pier Runners Group Cruise Part 3 that's going down on October 8th. And we got about, I guess, close to 30 people on that thing right now. And we'd love to shoot for 50. We'll see if that's going to happen. Who knows? But we got a wild group either way. Well, not necessarily a wild group. We got a little of everything. We got some uh, real uh, uh, people who like to. Have a little bit of whiskey in the night air and see where it takes them. Uh, we also have some people who do not drink and like to enjoy the daytime and all that comes with, you know, getting up early, getting some breakfast. I do a little bit of both. I like to, you know, pride myself on uh, staying up late, waking up early, working hard, and playing hard on those ships. But it's going to be a great time. We're going to St. Thomas, Dominican Republic, and San Juan on the gorgeous Carnival Celebration, my favorite cruise ship on planet earth so uh i suggest you hit me up tommy at alwaysbebooked.com we can get you booked on that they are going quickly i can't stress that enough i haven't looked at the pricing lately our group space is sold out but i'm sure we do have uh an ability to get you on the ship and move you into the group but we're going to need your help with that you're going to have to give me an email Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com ASAP. Instagram is alwaysbebooked. Just check that out. Self-explanatory. And please check out the Always Be Booked YouTube page as well. I've been really trying to get that YouTube thing going. Uh, we got a few things that we got to talk about as far as the future of the channel, the future of Always Be Booked as an entity. But uh, as of right now, we're still going strong with all of it. We're still pushing hard. And we're still trying to make it happen. Had a beautiful day. Had a beautiful day on Sunday. Uh, myself and uh, Doug Parker from CruiseRadio.net, if you happen to be living under a proverbial rock, uh, 
We got a chance to head down to South Point Park, where the pier is, uh, where Smith and Walensky's is. It's a beautiful day down there. Always, you check out the cruise ships. There were, I believe, seven or so of them in port. It was a rough day out there in terms of just, I mean, it was sunny. It was hot. Uh, the parking was far away, but it was still beautiful. I mean, you know, Doug got a lot done. Done. Doug was doing the, the drone thing. He got some really cool shots. I got a couple of reels that were usable as well. And just in general, it's nice. Now, it was. It was a little sticky out there that day. It was hot, and that sun was blaring down. But uh, it was still beautiful. It was still gorgeous, and we had a great day doing that. But um, there's a lot to talk about today, and uh, I guess we should start with Carnival. Carnival Corporation, they had what they call an earnings call, as we mentioned before. This was uh, the one that was covering the first quarter. I was just surprised. I thought maybe you had to get into April a little bit because I figured it was the first three months-ish. And I know accounting periods don't necessarily run concurrent the same way that months do. I do know that from being in business for a while, but I did not think that they would uh, allow you on the first quarter to basically have what the quote-unquote quarter would be wrapped up, finalized, and accounted for while we were still technically in the first quarter of the year but here we are i guess that's how they do it i guess some of their numbers start retroactively i guess for purposes of numbers or whatever they begin it in i guess the previous year and their fiscal year ends up being uh you know but somebody will tell me about this tommy at alwaysbebook.com the fiscal year will start prior to the calendar year who was at this thing? Who was on the phone? Who were the dignitaries involved? It was the big guns. Josh Weinstein, who is the new president and CEO, replacing Arnold Donald, as many of you guys know. We miss Arnold Donald out there. Arnold Donald was a debonair character, but, you know, hopefully he's enjoying himself now wherever he is. Uh, David Bernstein, he is the CFO. That is short for Chief Financial Officer, as you already know. And then we had the boss the boss was on the call mickey arison in the house he kind of you know does this thing hyman roth style down in miami and then you have beth roberts was also one and she is a senior vice president for the corporation you know who's missing i don't know who would you like to see there why wasn't christine duffy there i'm just saying her name because i know she's very very public within the group but the truth is as you probably do know this is a Carnival Corporation earnings call. Christine Duffy is the president of Carnival, the brand, the cruise line. So, no, this is not her lane. I'm sure she was listening closely, but no, she was not one of the dignitaries on the call. Also on the call were many people that you haven't heard of, but, but... I bet you've heard of their financial institutions. There were representatives from big guns like Citigroup, big guns like UBS. They had Barclays people on the phone. Morgan Stanley was in the building and many, many others at the beginning of the call. So they had Josh Weinstein. He took the helm and some of the highlights of the things that he discussed were things such as just basically celebrating the fact that there is an upward trajectory but they're still trying to close the gap from where they were in 2019 2019 you hear thrown around a lot because that is basically the baseline for when things used to be normal and as you know the cruise lines while making huge strides to come back are still trying to see if they can you know get back to that 2019 level which in most cases 
you know, from a money-making standpoint, they're not there yet. But uh, they are expecting a record wave season when it's all said and done. And that goes from the end of last year to March. And we're currently in that. Uh, Still doing incredible numbers. They outperformed on all measures. And uh, that's with the obstacle of having to pay I would say, well, I wouldn't say um, I'm, I'm going on their estimates. They're saying about $30 million more in fuel since, you know, the, the, since 2019. $30 million is basically you're talking about higher fuel charges than you were dealing with back then. You also have to deal with the inflation that's going on. They narrowed the gap on occupancy. Uh, when it comes to how many people were booked on sailings throughout the whole year. And they are expected to be within 7% of where they were at in 2019 by the second quarter. So if you're talking year over year, you know, what's the percentage of capacity that was full? Uh, Throw a percentage on it. They think they're going to be within 7% of what that number was in 2019 by the middle of this year. Now, these numbers can be complicated because you have to figure uh, there's many moving parts. Remember, uh, overall capacity on cruise ships is over uh, is always changing. And that kind of um, sparked my interest a little bit. So I was like, you know, you, mo- you got moving parts here with capacity because we all know that things are getting better, right? You got new ships, you got this, you got that. But the situation is, you remember they shut down a lot of ships. They retired a lot of ships. I don't know what the exact number was. I think it was double digits for sure as far as overall ships that were retired. But yes, they did bring new ships into the fold. And in many cases, those ships were bigger, thus uh, compensating for the deficit when you compare new builds to retired ships over the past two, three years. But I thought it was a cool exercise if I would check out for the corporation, the total corporation. Now, you're talking everything. You're talking Carnival. You're talking Princess. You're talking P&O. You're talking P&O Australia. You're talking AIDA. You're talking... um, you know, Cunard, you're talking all the brands across the board. If you're going to talk 2019, the full capacity, that means the amount of people that these ships combined could all hold in 2019 was 248,790. So what happened then? Big pandemic, right? So we got to factor that in. So we're going from 248,790 in 2019 to 230,430 in 2020. And then we're going to go to 2021. Looks like we stepped up a little bit and we got 243,180 total person capacity across all brands in Carnival Corporation. And then last year, we just broke through the stratosphere. So 2022 overall capacity in the Carnival Corporation was 253,000. 760. Now, when you do something like that while retiring upwards of, I don't know, well, I, I should know, I don't know offhand, let's just call it 14, 15 ships throughout the company because it's not just Carnival. We know Carnival did at least, I don't know, four or five, maybe at least. And then you have the Holland America ones or the, uh, you know, there, there were ships that were from other of the brands on the corporate and the cruise line. I'm sorry, the corporation that were retired as well they attributed uh, a lot of the uptick in revenue to higher ticket prices as well as their uh, ability 
to cut expenses. Now, there's a metric that people use, and uh, it's called EBITDA. 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 (laughs) It's an acronym. Let's go E-B-I-T-D-A. And what that stands for, all right, we're going to get a little nerdy for a second. It's earnings. Now, when you think of earnings, what's the word earnings mean? Earnings can pretty much be synonymous for profit. Okay, so earnings is what you made after expenses, but this is earnings before you take out interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So interest is the interest that you pay on any loans you have. Taxes is you know what taxes are. Depreciation is what you're, I guess, paying for as far as repairs and stuff. And amortization is anything regarding principal loans, like you, you know, your 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 actual, you know, you don't pay cash for these ships. You're financing these ships, so the amortization is the uh, is what you're paying as far as the is as opposed to the the interest which goes to the bank, the amortization part of it goes to the people who you actually purchased it from. Um, It's a bit of a controversial way to talk about cash flow since uh, a lot of times it takes out a lot of moving parts. And uh, there's a lot of people who don't subscribe to the EBITDA EBITDA, uh, form of, I guess, uh, tracking for businesses. Warren Buffett is one of them. Famously, he says, you know what you want to do? You want to take uh, anytime you want to use the word EBITDA in trying to figure out a company's financial situation. This is a good rule of thumb. Replace EBITDA with the word bullshit. (laughs) And that's directly from Warren Buffett. But that was mentioned heavily on this call. And I think it's more a metric to be used towards investors. So in 2019, the EBITDA was a record for Carnival of $5.5 billion. This year in midpoint, they're expecting to be at $4 billion. By the end of this year, they think they will have um, made big strides in eliminating the occupancy gap, which, as we mentioned, is still a little down from 2019. They attribute the fact that early last year, so we're talking about 2021, no, I'm sorry, early 2022, the beginning part of 2022, they weren't really, they were still getting their, I guess, sea legs back when it comes to doing longer, more exotic itineraries. There was still a little bit of hesitation when it comes to comfortability uh, based on the, I guess, residual effects uh, from COVID restrictions, whether it's restrictions that were by the CDC, whether it was self-imposed restrictions, there were still issues, and that would kind of, I guess, make it a little bit more, uh, you wouldn't see as many longer, uh, you know, because you know that in, in the beginning, you know, there was, first and foremost, there was no cruises that were allowed to be over seven days, and then there were cruises that were allowed to be over seven days, but they had to be vaxxed and tested, and then you know, there was different rules for different days, so they veered away from a lot of longer exotic itineraries that uh, that, that would have otherwise happened had there not been a COVID-19 epidemic. Uh, they say they've broken records this past year with Black Friday and the current wave season, and uh, they attribute a lot of the success to 
Carnival, the brand, not the Cruise Corporation, the brand, they've been breaking records every single week in January and February. Uh, They're also saying that in a positive light, European demand is catching up to where it was. It's doing pretty well. Not doing as well as the American market as far as from a year-over-year standpoint. America is definitely coming back quicker. Demand is high in the U.S., uh, but Europe is catching up. Australia is about a year behind, and Asia is looking like it's about two years behind before where it gets to back to normal. But they're still very, very optimistic about you know where that's going to eventually end up. Carnival does have high hopes for the Carnival Italian style uh, project that they're going on with the three ships in total that will or have been already refitted to the Carnival brand from Costa. Uh, We know about those, a lot of publicity around those. Um, Ultimately, Carnival Corporation took a net loss of $693 million in the the quarter. I mean, can you imagine? There's never, ever going to be a scenario where anybody says that's a good thing. Um, But it does speak to the company's transparency. It does speak to the fact that they are dialed into what their numbers are. They got a full handle on it. Because if you don't know exactly, if you're dealing with fake numbers and you're going to try to paint a rosy picture, then how are you possibly going to convince anyone that you have any idea on how to fix this thing? So I guess when you're talking about, you know, a lot of these earnings calls are for the investors, for the, um, you know, just the, 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 the institutions, that that back them things like that and you know when you really i think that's what most people like in business you know there's always going to be bad news there's always going to be uh low tides there's always going to be storm clouds above but the people it's how you handle those storm clouds and carnival standing there like uh like true men and women of character and they're putting the losses out there. They're telling you it's real. They're telling you, yes, we lost $693 million last quarter. But here's why. And here's what we're doing about it. Investors like that. Investors like that honesty, the transparency. And then as long as you come around and make it solution-based, you're in good shape. And more than all of that, more than all of that, Investors love the fact that Carnival projected itself that it was going to lose seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred and fifty million dollars, which means you know this again. You're not calling a six hundred ninety-three million dollar um, uh, loss a win ever, but you lost less money than you thought you would. Uh, you know, and who knows what that what that is? You know. Did Carnival know that they were going to probably lose at least $600 million, $700 million? All right, well, you know what? Let's project worse. Let's project that we're going to lose $800 million so that when we only lose $650 million, we'll look better. That could be. That could be. But I've learned, and many people probably have learned, that sometimes telling people exactly what they want to hear ends up having its its benefits. It ends up being a little bit productive in the long term. Because let's face it, there is something to be said for staying positive, right? All right. As mentioned before, we do have two more two more theme cruises for 2024 uh, from Norwegian and Sixth Man. As we know, Norwegian uh, not too long ago purchased the beloved Sixth Man, and Sixth Man. What a freaking experience that is. What a company that is. The idea 
The execution, top to bottom, was phenomenal. They call it Sixth Man. Tagline is Live Loud. Live Loud. And what they do is host what they call Festivals at Sea. And if you have an interest, they pretty much got a cruise for you. I would say not all of them. You know what I mean? I don't think they're doing any uh, cryptocurrency uh, or blockchain cruises. And they are out there, just not by Sixth Man. But they were. They famously had the Kid Rock cruise. They famously had the Florida Georgia Line cruise, of which I attended and was definitely in my top four all-time cruises. In many cases, it was number one. I don't know if it's a net number one overall, but it was up there. Uh, they had the Kiss Cruise, which is very, very famous. A lot of these come and go because you know a lot of the artists, very often, they do it, they enjoy the run, but then they want to shut it down. There's one that I want to go on so bad, so bad, that's right up my alley. You know I'm a fan of comedy. You know I'm a fan of comedic podcasts. Uh, one of them is Burt Kreischer, a crazy, crazy guy. If you want to get a good, entertaining story, Good, wholesome, funny, fun stand-up comedy. Now, I can't listen to it anymore because he wore it out. I mean, but The Machine. If you look up Burt Kreischer, The Machine. It's a story that he's been probably telling for 12 years. He still tells it. And if he doesn't tell it at every one of his comedy shows, he gets yelled at. He gets screamed at. Uh, it's The Machine by Burt Kreischer. Such a famous story that he's got a movie about it coming out on Memorial Day. But he's doing a tour. He did a tour last year called Fully Loaded. He barnstormed minor league baseball stadiums and got some of the funniest, most well-known, well-respected comedians in the game to tour the country. And basically what they did was minor league baseball stadiums. To me, that is genius because the whole thing was him wanting to give back. I don't know if he turned a profit, but if he did, it wasn't much of a profit because he got state-of-the-art tour buses. He And he thought this was going to be such a thank you and a give back to a lot of the legendary comedians out there who over the years may not have been treated very well by venues along the way. Uh, you know, people like David Tell, people like, um, you know, Big J. Okerson, some of the legends in the game who have been around a while who never made that Chris Rock or, 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 or um, you know, some of the some of the big guns, Joe Coy, or who are the people that sell out the arenas? Kevin Hart, you know, some of these guys who just, I mean, Sebastian Maniscalco. Bird is taking care of some of the more comedian comedians. You know what I mean? The people who like to, uh, who just have the ultimate respect of all the comedians in the game. So they're giving giving the opportunity to perform in very large venues. But these also, think about it, these minor league baseball stadiums, they're housing minor league baseball. So they could use a shot in the arm with a couple of nights of a fully sold out show. And these shows are basically, for the most part, sold out. So everybody, they sell concession, they sell tickets, they sell uh, the, the people, it creates jobs. So what he does is he just makes sure it's a first class operation for everybody. But I tell you that to tell you this. He's doing a version of that tour on the Norwegian Pearl in partnership with Sixth Man. I would love to be on that ship. I believe it is sold out. And even if it's not sold out, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to make it. Anyway, the what they're doing now is uh, two cruises. 
They're doing two. They're adding two to the list in 2024. One of them is called the Outlaw Cruise, the Outlaw Country Cruise. From February 4th, which is my birthday, uh, from Miami, heading to Puerto Plata and San Juan. A four-day cruise. Oh, is it? Four, four, five, six. No, it's not a four-day cruise. Tommy, it's not even close to that. So there's two stops out of Miami. Six-day cruise, leaving on the 10th, which is the seventh day. Do you guys know who Stevie Van Zant is? Stevie, Steven, little Steven, little Stevie Van Zant. He's got like six names. His first career was a very talented guitar player for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Did a very, very good job at that. And if that wasn't enough, he also had a second career. He co-starred on a show you may have heard of it a small little show on hbo it was called the sopranos where he had a lead role you know as uh, uh, as tony soprano's underboss very very big part so it was crazy because this guy's a guitar player and he just had this look and david chase who was the producer of the sopranos just saw him and was like that guy is the guy without even knowing if he could act or not gave him the part knocked it out of the park uh silvio dante was the name of his character and he crushed it on uh on the sopranos i thought it was good sopranos if you haven't heard of that go check out that show now he's also nowadays has a third career and he's got an entertainment company called zance uh, renegade nation and he's producing a lot of different shows maybe not unlike what bert kreischer is doing he's just being a third party uh, production company and he's producing this outlaw country cruise now again this is not like florida georgia line this is not even like brantley gilbert not exactly household names on this lineup so i'm not you know batting down the hatches to get on this thing you have the one i've heard well i've heard of two of them steve earl who is a legendary texas country star there's a lot of subgenres within country you have country you have saltwater country you have bro country you have vacation country you have um outlaw country you have uh and this is and and then you actually have its own texas is a texas country is its own little genre there you have um the blackberry smoke which is a country rock, maybe a southern rock band. You know, the Blackberry Smoke is crazy because they've just been around. You would put them in the same category of like Leonard Skinner or the Almond Brothers, but uh, did I say Almond? Like the nut? No, it's Almond Brothers. But they just there. They're just there. They're at every show. They're workmanlike, I would say. Blue collar style band. They never broke. They never toured like crazy. But they just keep doing shows decade after decade. Uh, other people, Jim Lauderdale and many others who I am not familiar with. Uh, and then they have another one. So I told you about the fully loaded one just because of Sixth Man and what's going on with Bert Kreischer. But the two new ones are this one, the Outlaw Cruise, and then another one from another familiar name that you probably heard of, Kevin Smith. He's a movie producer who created the Jay and Silent Bob franchise and uh, Clerks. He's a Clerks guy. You know, he play him. You know, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Um, this is called Cruise Askew, which is a theme cruise that invites you to step into an alternate universe. Dare I say a skewniverse? Now, I don't know anything about this crap. <laughs> it's apparently it's a comic book thing. Um, 
This sailing is going to be on February 23rd. It's going to be for three days out of Miami. It's going to go to the Bahamas. Apparently, uh, Kevin Smith is terrified of boats and being in the water, but he's going to brave the sea for this. He doesn't like sharks. He's terrified, but he's going to do it anyway. And uh, this is, again, like I said, some sort of a tribute to his comic book, uh, View Askew Universe. View Askew Universe, whatever, whatever you people are out there into. I don't know what to tell you. But there'll be stand-up comedians. There'll be different attractions and whatever the hell else people like about, you know, whatever that might be. But theme crews, I guess, you know, there's a demand. There sounds like there is demand. Um all right, moving on. As many of you know, Sea Trade Global kicked off in Fort Lauderdale this week. This is basically a cruise convention where guests can attend workshops while getting some detailed information directly from the relevant sources. Uh, in one address, there was some debate, and they had the big guns on the stage. I was surprised. You know, I know the Sea Trade Global is a big deal. Of course, I know that. But I didn't think they'd put these heavyweights, these bigwigs, on the stage at once for a little back and forth the topic at hand on this particular day was fuel and sustainability that type of thing so you had carnivals josh weinstein and the royal caribbean's jason liberty no relation to liberty of the seas you had pierre francisco vago who runs msc cruise group uh and then you had the man the myth the legend the already retired but still active FDR. That's Frank Francis Del Rio. Uh, the topic was fuel and sustainability. There seemed to be three different perspectives from each guy there. So you had Jason Liberty doing his thing, and he's all in and on board completely with all the current options that are being presented to us when it comes to alternate fuel type, alter, alternate fuel sources. He thinks that they will not only be great for the environment, he's just as excited for the fact that they're also going to cut a lot of costs because they're going to come in cheaper. Now, you had Vago from uh, MSC. He said they were jumping in on the LNG bandwagon as well, and their company really looks forward to reducing its carbon footprint on the heels of that particular energy source. Uh, they will want to be carbon neutral by 2050, and you already know MSC is big on sustainability. MSC is uh, a very uh, green cruise line because not only did they create a private island, they created a marine reserve where they're you know trying to do a lot of good things for the uh, aquatic environment underneath the ocean in which uh, it, it provides so much joy and pleasure for and jobs and everything else for their MSC cruising family. But um, they want to be carbon neutral by 2050, but they do realize that while improvements have been made in the technology regarding fuel, the current options that are out there won't get it done everybody was making a big deal about lng now you're seeing some stuff that you know let's let's move on but you're seeing some stuff that lng may not be all it's cracked up to be from a sustainability standpoint now carnival's josh weinstein is calling for a collaboration across all companies he wants everybody to work together when it comes to finding alternative fuel options he said you got to have the mindset of keeping it simple listen less fuel means less carbon so let's all stay working together so that we can make sure that we eventually um share information this is bigger than cruising this is bigger than profitability so let's share this information to create a much uh, i guess environment environmentally friendly source of fuel and then not to be outdone pulling anchor you know who he is you know him you love him he's number 35 in your program he's number one in your hearts 
Frank Del Rio, spoken like a man who does not care anymore (laughs) what people think of what he says. Uh, He seems to think we're currently in over our heads. Uh, The fiery CEO says, hey, you're wasting too much time focusing on something that we don't know anything about. Now, I added the hay in, so I'm just doing it for effect. And Frank Del Rio, if you're listening, which I don't know. I don't know that he's not. You know why? Because Mickey Arison liked one of my reels. What do you think of that? Mickey Arison liked one of my reels on Instagram. But anyway, Frank Del Rio is out here saying, basically, you guys are saying we got to get a jump on LNG. We got to jump on this and that. We got to spend money doing this and that. We don't even know yet what the best way to feel because again people talk about lng being worse for the environment than natural gas probably not but in certain ways it is it says the lng what the what's in lng will heat up the uh will heat up the uh, ozone layer at a rate that's nine times faster than natural gas because of i believe it's methane um but yeah so i guess that's why they're starting to realize that and they're starting to look at things like um you know hydrogen or whatever else what other uh, other opportunities they can get so what basically frank del rio and it's probably uh, even though it's a controversial controversial but legitimate opinion saying we're jumping on these bandwagons we don't even know what's good for us and not yet so we gotta waste you know what i mean we're caught up in that he said he continues we're caught up in the narrative the world wants to be green, blue. He's just throwing out colors now. He's so out of there. He's 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 gone. He's just throwing out colors. Um, he's not. He's also not very optimistic that anyone will be a net zero by 2050. He questions the industry's commitment as well by asking the question: Hey, everyone cares to some degree, but will they pay for it? So he's basically saying: You want to be? You, you want to? You want to attack this thing? It's got you're gonna to have to put money behind it, and you're gonna to have to really, really uh, try to find the best option. And let's not pretend like we know what that is at this point. That's Frank Del Rio, always, always telling it like it is. All right, a couple quick hits in the news, uh, real quick. Norwegian Prima will spend some time in the Big Apple and do some sailings uh, from there for the spring season when i do say the big apple i mean new york city new york for those that don't know turks and caicos has officially lifted any and all remaining covid19 protocols and requirements along with restrictions they are as if it's not it doesn't exist in turks and caicos anymore welcome back turks and caicos and it looks like the carnival by costa gimmick i mean project is selling better than expected very very high demand across the board for that and carnival has zero new builds on schedule for 2026 and they say that the new build pace will be even slower after that so they're basically getting you ready listen we're going to focus on what we have we're not necessarily worried about building big new ships and you haven't heard anything on the horizon right horizon get it no pun intended vista class uh you you haven't you heard the jubilee and that's it you know Carnival, I'm sorry, Royal Caribbean is still pumping out different cruise ships. They're still pumping out Oasis-class ships. I still always say that. I still still say it's amazing that uh, Royal Caribbean builds ships that are living in the previous class to classes of ships they've already subsequently entered. Does that make any sense? 
they're starting the icon of the seas, they're still going to build Oasis-class ships. Just like they built all the way through the Quantum class, they were still building Oasis-class ships. It's kind of crazy, right? You don't hear about any uh, Quantum or Quantum Plus-class ships that are on the books, do you? Not sure. All right, we're doing Tommy's Top 5 right now. This uh, week, the theme is Cruise Directors, Live and Directors. This is no particular order. I'm just picking my favorite five that I've ever had. And I'll give a little quick little shout out and some liner notes underneath each one. Cruise Director Lee. I should say, Lee, your Cruise Director. I don't know, man. It's a it's a close one between him and one other guy as far as the best overall. Because Lee was just a bright, bright shining light. Well, Lee, a lot of cruise directors I've had do a very, very good job. And I'm not calling, I'm not saying they go through the motions. I'm saying they do a very good job. But Lee, you could really, really tell if that man is acting, he deserves an Oscar. He deserves an Academy Award because there is a warmth and a light to Lee that is just amazing. And he's very, very smooth. The only thing is, uh, he, he sounded funny when he announced his songs. Like, like little canned expressions, like you're on a mega deck party. Let's just say uh, Queen uh, comes on, another one bites the dust. I'll say, all right, who's ready to party? You guys having a good time? All right, let's prove it. We got some Queen. Here we go. Come on. He would be like, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready to dance? Let's see who can get down to this queen classic song from the 70s he'll give like a, a actual radio dj intro to it which is good or bad it just sounds a little forced to me that was my one critic i wouldn't nitpick in here but lee is as good a director cruise director as i've had loved him and yeah you can find him on my youtube intro all right, another one, Mike Pack. Mike Pack, I really liked. He was a little bit of a meathead cruise director, but I liked him because he took his job so seriously. When it came to being a company man, uh, Mike Pack is a beast, and you could tell the pride he took in his job. When it came to the uh, the St. Jude, uh, you know, the, the fundraiser, the drive for St. Jude on that one sea day, you could tell that Mike Pack wanted to break that record every single time he did it. He also did probably the best Quest game show that I've ever seen. He doesn't give an F. There was, I mean, pornographic things happening left and right. And uh, I'm not saying he was championing it, but he wasn't getting offended by it. He wasn't being you know, overly uptight about it he was very very clear he he was over the top when he does things he's so like big with everything when he wants to let you know when he's when he wants to stress something and communicate something to you he will absolutely do it from the bottom of his toes when he was trying to just tell people listen very carefully this is the quest show okay if you ever get offended about anything you have to leave. This is not for you. And I cannot stress that enough because I can tell you right now, I always give this speech and somebody always goes to guest services or they write on the survey how horrified they were with the quest despite the fact that I give this speech. So for the love of everything, 
at sea and on land. I'm paraphrasing. Can you please leave the room if you think there is a chance that you might be offended by it? And he, I felt that. I felt that when he did it because, you know, you have to. You have to make people understand so that people turn their brains off on vacation. And uh, I even heard on Doug's show, on Doug Parker's show, he had somebody, I, don't, I think it was last week's show, they talked about the carnival magic. You know what I mean? And uh, they were talking about the comedy. And she wasn't overly rude about it, but she said, oh, you know, everything was good, but, you know, the comedian was a little ugh, off color. Uh, but what are you going to do? You, 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 you laugh it off and you move on. So it's not to me like she was a little offended by it. But, like, why are you at the show? Don't be offended and be at the show. If you're at a Carnival Comedy Show or the Carnival Quest or a Quest on any cruise line and you go come out of there saying you were offended at all, oh, I don't know what they got to do to warn you. I don't know what they're supposed to do to warn you. Again, expect anything to go on. When they tell you weird shit is going to happen, please believe them. Don't say, oh, well, how weird could it be? No, it's going to be freaking weird. Get out of there. And if by chance you do stay and you don't listen and you are offended, chalk that up as a lesson. Don't go to guest services. Walk out of there and say, well, they did tell me. Uh, I didn't expect it to be that bad, but now I know. Are you going to go on the survey and try to get this thing canceled for us? Don't do that. Be better. Be better. Leon, I would say, is uh, right up there with Lee as far as maybe the one-two punch of my favorite all-time cruise directors. Uh, Leon, I experienced his cruise director talent on the Carnival Paradise. And this guy, again, the word we use is a force of nature. I still, listen to me right now, remind me, I have to post a series of videos of what he did on the um on the Carnival Paradise, on that impromptu, in my mind, I keep calling it impromptu. It was scheduled all week. The Name That Tune party on the last night in the main atrium on Carnival Paradise. What a venue. What a night. Somebody told me, the bartender told me, uh, I was just trying to listen to the acoustic act. The bartender told me, don't leave. Don't leave. You're going to want to see this. It's Name That Tune. I'm like, yeah, I did bingo. I did trivia. I got to do Name That Tune. No, 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 no. It's not that kind of Name That Tune. And then I could tell by the excitement of the people that started filling up the room. And then all of a sudden, it was Prince. It was Michael Jackson. It was all sorts of big hits with Leon leading and throwing and participating in the, one of the biggest parties, one of the definitely the funnest indoor party I've ever seen on a cruise ship. Leon's a beast. All right, Dan Dan from Norwegian helped me out a lot. He uh, provided me with an interview, and I did air it way back in the way old days of Always Be Booked. I uh, sat with him in the library, and he gave me an interview, and he was the one who came up with uh, a very coaching, teachable moment when he said uh, education, no, I'm sorry, information part- versus participation. You want to understand what's in front of you. You want to gather all the information so that you can decide where you want to apply your participation. And he was also a very talented cruise director. Um, very, I'm going to be honest, Royal and Norwegian. I very rarely remember the cruise director's names. It's not the same on Carnival, but on those two cruise lines, I don't know if they're like jaded cops trying to collect a pension. Bill Burr, shout out. Uh, or they just... Um, you know, the cruise line doesn't want them to be that 
over the top or boisterous. But, you know, I didn't remember a lot of their names. But I will say Dan Dan is an exception. He did a great job on Norwegian Breakaway when I was on it. All right. Next guy, the final guy, is not a cruise director. He's an assistant cruise director, but his name is Dan, and he was basically the guy who led all the events. He might as well have been the cruise director. The cruise director was fine. He was an Australian gentleman who kept things moving very, very nicely. He was good, uh, very polite, very communicative, very articulate, good guy across the board. But then, again, another force of nature, this guy, Dave, was an absolute monster at every party, whether it was the Spice H2O nights, whether it was the belly flop competitions. He, you could tell, I picture this guy, the way he came out, we were laughing because we thought he was like in his locker room giving himself a pump up speech before he came out to any of these events. Because when he got out there, you would have thought that he was, if you ever watch UFC or boxing, you know, the Bruce Buffer characters or the or the or the or the Michael Buffer. Let's get ready to like this was the biggest event that was about to happen in history. And he put his whole body into it each and every time, much like most of these people, these five people that I just mentioned did on a regular basis. So that is my tribute, my top five to the top five best cruise directors. All right, let's get into your emails, but first let's hear from our buddy and hey. Why don't you listen to him this time? We're going to hear, we're going to sit down and listen to the words of our friend, Morgan Freeman. Hey, Cones. Sorry to interrupt Tommy's rambling, but I don't have a lot of time and I wanted to ask you about your next cruise. We know there are lots of decisions to make, such as, where do I want to go? How can I get the best deal? And which cruise line is right for me? Whether you're traveling solo, with friends, or your entire family, Always be booked. We'll make sure we find the perfect cruise for you. You can book direct, but remember, cruise line representatives are going to operate in the interest of the cruise line. And don't get me started on those third-party websites. If you are looking for someone who is going to spend the time it takes to ensure that you find the cruise ship, ports of call, and excursions that are right for you, then go to alwaysbebooked.com or email tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let's face it. We are all searching for those moments of pure cruise bliss. And based on your detailed conversation with Tommy, we'll make sure it happens for you over and over again. For the most personal and detailed cruise planning assistance, reach out directly to Tommy and he will make the process as enjoyable as the cruise itself. Whoa, Morgan, don't you think we're exaggerating? Now, Tommy, please let me do my job. My bad. Always be booked. It's a podcast. It's a community. And dare I say... It's a lifestyle. Go to alwaysbebook.com right now, and let's start planning your next adventure at sea. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become and remain a lifeblood of the show. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please don't hesitate. Hit me up at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Send me an email. It could be a question, comment, concern, correction, anything you want to say, any type of contribution you want to make to the show, I would be glad to get it, receive it, and read it on the air and hopefully help you give you an answer. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I may not have the answer. And if I don't have the answer, I'll do the best I can to get it for you. 
But uh, yeah, let's get into it. By the way, again, check out the Always Be Booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Great place to make some new cruise friends. We have a great community there. It's a growing community. I'm enjoying the influx that's been happening over the next couple of weeks. And uh, yes, it ain't going nowhere. No matter what happens to Always Be Booked, that thing will stay where it is. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch. We'll keep in touch. Tommy, I love your theme song. I even played it for my cruise family, and they agreed. I told my family, this is the new song we need to play when driving into the port. You could sell this clip for downloads, or even better, make it a full song, then sell it for downloading. I could see using it as a ringtone before and during a cruise. I can't be the only one who would want this song. I can't make the October 2023 group cruise. Any idea when the next one will be scheduled? Barbara. Barbara, thank you so much for the email. Uh, I will tell you this. Um, yeah, I'm proud of that opening song. I did write it. I did record it. And then I sent it to an actual real rapper who did record it again. And I think it came out very, very good. I think I, I'm very happy with the way that came out. I will say this, though. I feel like, did you hear that, Tiffany? Shout out to the Cruise Diva. We got one. We got one for the new for the new uh, for the new song from Barbara. Uh, I know uh, Tiffany, the cruising diva, prefers the old song. Hit me up, tell me, or put it in the lounge so the cruising diva can see it for full transparency. Do you prefer the old? And don't get sentimental, okay? If you have it, I don't want to sway you in any way, but listen to them back to back, side to side. Let me know. I mean, which is the more complex lyrical cadence? Which is the more feel good, uplifting song? Which is the more original one? You tell me. Old theme song. All aboard and welcome. It's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones and now we're, and, and and tomorrow we're gone. Whatever it is, versus the new one. Let me know which one you think is better uh but uh i don't know i I am i want to make a cruise song that's one of my dreams i tell people all the time i tell other people who have talent to create that are in the cruising space i try to get them excited about it It doesn't seem like anybody's really getting excited about it but i do want to make that proverbial cruise anthem I want to write it. I don't know if I want to record. I could maybe do a little rap or maybe do a little intro talk up, maybe a little hype man stuff on it. But uh, I do want to get a cruise banger out there that people always play. And maybe, dare I say, get requested down the road on board. So like DJs have to have it on cruise ships. Who knows? The cruise anthem. That would be fun. Um you can't make the October group cruise, I understand. No, there's no word as to when the next one will be or will there be a next one. We're not sure about that, but definitely stand by and uh, we'll keep you posted. Tommy, I usually listen to the podcast on my one-hour, 55-kilometer walk. It's pretty good. <laughs> Had a great 11-day cruise on Norwegian Sun from Libsyn, Portugal to the Canary Islands and southern Spain. Plus Gibraltar in February. Dave from Western Canada. Dave, I appreciate the mediocre compliment saying that the podcast is pretty good. I'll take it. You sound like a serious gentleman and you sound like you don't play around when it comes to throwing out fancy compliments. So you telling me it's pretty good by a man of your stature, I'll take it. And glad to hear you had a great time on an 11-day cruise. Was that the longest cruise you've ever done? Because 11 days is long. I think I did on a 10 or 11 I'm not sure. I think it was a 10, actually. 
I think that's my limit, my record. But what did you think of a cruise that was so far? I mean, so long, and to and I, I guess I would call that a pretty exotic itinerary as well. Dave from Western Canada. Dave also not being at all specific about his geography. Western Canada. Hey Tommy, just listened to Thursday conversation with Ryan. Excellent podcast episode. I've never been on a Norwegian cruise, but I think I'm going to try it after you and Ryan provided so much background info and tips. Keep up the good work, Bob. Hey, Bob. Uh, thank you, Bob. I appreciate the converse, uh, the compliment about our conversation with Ryan. I think Ryan does a great job every time he comes on. It's not often you'll have somebody on, you know, uh, within the same uh, the, within as short of a window. As I had Ryan on, I think Ryan is a very, very good communicator. I think he is a passionate cruiser, and I think he knows what he wants. And I think he goes into cruising with the right attitude each and every time. He rolls with the proverbial punches, if there are any. And you know what? He's going to make the most of every cruise. And he is a frequent cruiser. Cruises, I don't know, what did he say? 12 to 15 times a year and still gets excited and, and, and dare I say giddy about each cruise that he takes. So Ryan is a, um exemplary model type cruiser. He's the type of cruiser that uh, a lot of us w- would aspire to be like. And yes, along the way, he sure can get you some really, really good information. Always a great time catching up with Ryan. But Bob, thank you for making note of that. And I uh, appreciate you listening, man. Hey, Tommy. Sad to hear you're considering putting the microphone away for a bit. I totally understand, however. I just want to let you know how much I really enjoyed your content. You are one of the real reasons I fell in love with cruising again. To me, you were slash are the voice of the regular guy. Someone I could really relate with. Just wanted to thank you for that and wish you the best in whatever you decide. Still holding out hope that it will get worked out. Regards, Jeff. Jeff, It's emails like this that keep the thing going. And if this thing does continue to go, it's going to be exactly because of a type of email that you just wrote. And, um, yeah, we talked about everything. We covered covered it. We talked about last time why it might happen. But it is in no way, shape, or form definite. There are a couple of scenarios that are at play in what's going to happen over the course of the next uh, coming months. There is a scenario and a pathway that I could see where I will uh, take on employment but keep this show going. There's also a scenario where it won't. A couple of scenarios where it won't that I can see. And there is a scenario where, yes, I can continue this show and take on this one specific opportunity that's in front of me. So I'm still waiting to get all the information is the issue. I still don't know what's all in front of me. But once that's happening, and then I think that's going to be a matter of a couple of days or, or, or even a week where we'll have that and we'll know what's going to happen. But you should still hold out hope. Everybody should still hold out hope. Uh, even people who I know have been pissed off at me because of, and I knew that would happen. I knew there'd be people that got pissed off about, you know, the possibility of, you know, not being able to do the show anymore. And as, as much as I explain it and life is life and you have to freaking, you know, follow your arrow and do your thing. And uh, I tried to be as communicative as possible on the reasons why. But again, it's silly to even think you're going to satisfy everybody when it comes to that type of thing. All right, here we go. 
Greetings, Thomas. Uh oh, that's a that's a serious cone right there. When they when they know it's Thomas, when they know the crazy Uncle Mike's reference of Thomas and some of the other references of Thomas, you know this is a cone right here. As you may recall, I decided against your advice to make a one day tri- trip to Key West. Yes, I haven't read this yet. By the way, I'm going to the bottom, seeing it's Greg. All right, Greg, I remember your email. Greg was the one who I I almost dropped my jaw when Greg. <laughs> I still laugh at the fact that you actually, who am I to tell you not to do it, right? I did suggest not to do it, but then at the same time, you know, I should have forbid you from doing it. I should have told you absolutely not. I forbid you, you know, Mr. Wonderful Shark Tank style. I should have said absolutely not. Knock it off, Greg. I should have done that, but I didn't. You know, sometimes you have to, I I, I hinted to you that this may not be the best idea. Um As you may recall, I decided against your advice to make a one-day trip to Key West. Here are some highlights and some not-so-highlights. We rented a convertible Mustang, and you did take that advice, so I appreciate that, and hit the road at about 10 a.m. I tried to make it a relaxing journey, but my inner desire to beat the GPS arrival time took over. Too bad the 100 RVs headed down didn't feel the same way. Honestly, can we just do the speed limit? No, that's the thing. You look at the mileage. Right. If you look at the mileage from Miami to Key West, you will be easily fooled because you think fooled because you think you can bang it out in an hour and 45 minutes with no traffic. But it's one lane. It's one lane. It's never going to not be traffic and lights. Anyway, we made our way down and stopped at Sandy's Cafe for the one of the best Cubans I've ever had. My wife, Leslie, had chicken tacos. She's a new cone and says, hi, Leslie, how are you? Welcome aboard Boat Drinks. From there, we made our way through the flock of roosters in the street. Shout out to John Klikowski. Uh, to get to the obligate, to get the obligatory picture at the southernmost point. We hit a few gift shops in that area, dodged some more roosters. Let me just stop this for a second. So Greg emailed me back a few months ago, basically saying that he was going to get to Miami. <laughs> it's funny to even say get a car drive to key west and then drive back to miami to board the ship the same day this this is what we're dealing with here (laughs) dodged some more roosters and iguanas then made our way to the port area quick stop at sloppy joe's and the ron john tourist trap and then we were pretty much wiped out i'm going to contribute this to the uh intense sub um, i'm going to contribute i would say attribute right you're going to attribute this to the intense sun- sunburn you received from your big fat bald head during the drive down. Yeah, you got to, you know. Problem was, you thought you were going to be able to do it in an hour and a half. Turns out that big bald head is going to spend a little bit more time in the proverbial sun than you may have thought or planned or expected. I always forget to put sunscreen on it for some reason. We started back to Miami at around 4 p.m. Um, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no. So it's the day before? Okay. All right. That's not as bad. Oh, I I misremembered. I'm not going to lie. It was a struggle. The only bright spot was a stop at the Key Lime Pie Factory to enjoy the best Key Lime Pie on the planet. It seemed as if the return trip was 500 miles instead of 180. We rolled back into Miami at around 8 p.m. with a burnt head and slight feeling of regret. (laughs) I'm glad we went, if only to find out that we would probably enjoy it more if we took a cruise that made us stop there. All in all, I would have to have to agree with you that it was a crazy idea that should only be undertaken if you're a psychopath. But 
like a great podcast host once said, sometimes you have to do it and learn on your own. Greg and Leslie, the new cone. Welcome, as I said before, Leslie, and thank you, Greg. Okay, so it wasn't as bad as I thought. That would have been absolute maniacal if you would have gotten up early and tried to make it to sound. That probably wouldn't even be possible. But yeah, still, the next day as you cruise, that's still a lot. That's still ambitious. But yeah, a little tough, a little tough. Uh, but I'm glad you had a good time. And uh, do a continuation, if you don't mind, Greg, and let us know how the cruise was. But I do appreciate the updates. We've been having a lot of uh, serial emails. You know what I mean? A, a, a two-parter. Cliffhangers, dare I say, from uh, Bubba and now Greg and Leslie. Uh, but Greg and Leslie, thank you again so much for listening and thank you for the email. Hi, Tommy. My wife and I are booked in. See, look at look what happened. See, one week there's no emails or one email. And then the next week there's nine emails. Like, what? Well, there's a lot of emails. It's crazy. I never, know, I never know the pattern. We never have a good three or four a week just to kind of settle it in and be consistent. It's always feast or famine. Story of my friggin' life. Hi, Tommy. My wife and I are booked on MSC Davina on April 10th. This will be our first MSC cruise, as we usually cruise Carnival and Royal Caribbean. I have read that MSC is the worst at embarkation. Is this true in your experience? And what are a few other differences that we should keep in mind? I also want to thank you for all the content over the years. As much as I hate to see you go, I can completely understand and respect your decision. Never feel bad for doing what is best for yourself. Thanks in advance, Nathan. Nathan, thank you for understanding. Those words mean a lot. And yeah, yeah, we're not necessarily doing the whole uh, Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter victory lap tour yet. You know what I mean? It's not time to send in the clowns just yet. The fat lady has not sang. Or the pleasantly plump, mentally healthy light lady who has a strong feeling of uh, self-worth. Because you can't get it's just a fat lady anymore nowadays. You're not even gonna say lady anymore. You're gonna say that they or them. I'm kidding. Let me calm down. I'm being a, I'm being a little bit of an asshole. Um, so MSC, I was not on the Divina. I was on the Meraviglia, and uh, I have to say it was a beautiful ship. Embarkation was smooth. I had no problems embarkating. But the problem with me is I wait until the ship almost leaves. I almost miss the ship, and that's when I get on it because. I do not like delays. I do not like lines. I do not like, uh, I want to get off to the best start of my vacation as possible. And for me, that means just whisking right through the lobby and getting right on the ship with little to no resistance. That's just me. I was uh, listening to the ship show last week, and that's what they were saying. They were talking about, you know, that good feeling when you're getting on the cruise ship of seeing all the people getting off and the despair looking in their eye and how it's said. And then uh, conversely, when you get off the ship and they're all happy and looking forward to their cruise and you have that same look on it. I never experienced any of that stuff because I ne- I'm very rarely uh, crossing paths with anybody else because, again, at least at embarkation, I'm usually uh, very, very late. And that's the way I like to do it. But as far as other advice on MSC, MSC in general, I will just say their ships are beautiful, although Davina is not new age. Davina is not a new age ship. So I don't know what to expect from the Davina. I would probably expect it to be sort of like a 
either a um either like the carnival splendor or the carnival dream class i would say so it's a little bit of an older ship i say when you get into msc the newer new age ships start with the seaside the msc seaside anything before that is a different era of um msc i am absolutely positive the divina is a beautiful ship i think it does have an aft pool i think it's a i think it's a great ship the truth is though if we're going to be honest i think the msc experience on board leaves you to find most of your own fun which isn't necessarily a bad thing you know you can they're going to leave you alone they're not going to be up your ass with um you know heavily participation events around every corner they don't do that it's just not what they do definitely get the pizza definitely enjoy the pasta i i think they make fresh pasta on board as well um the shows are fine you know just take it for what it is enjoy the ports of call and enjoy a relaxing cruise on a ship that takes you back to what cruising was appreciating relaxation appreciating your downtime and yes i'm sure you'll have a nightclub night i'm sure there'll be a little pub action there for you i'm sure there'll be plenty to do but it's not necessarily littered with the modern american uh amenities that you might be used to on a new age royal caribbean or carnival or norwegian ship but you're gonna have a great time i do know that nathan please write back let us know how it went Tommy, just listening to your latest podcast about Norwegian Cruise Line, I agree with you, thinking that Frank Del Rio was asked to retire. Uh, well, I don't know if I... Uh, I guess I do think that. I don't think I concluded that. I surmised that maybe, but I wasn't saying I was necessarily sure. I leaned towards that belief. I decided I would not sail NCL due to all their nickel and diming. After hearing about making people jump through hoops to get back missed port charges, that was it. I'm old school and would not do business with people I cannot trust. Uh, whatever your choice is with your future, I'm sure you will be successful. I like your confidence. Um, if you leave the podcast, you can always come back. Your fans will be there, Charles. Charles, that's really, really heartwarming and really, really important here. I really do appreciate you saying that and... I like to think that the fan, the fans, not fans, listeners, because we're all friends. I don't have fans. I have friends and I have listeners, um, you know, uh, and I appreciate you saying that. And I uh, don't agree with you in terms of not giving Norwegian a try. You know, again, I hear what you're saying. If you have a principle and you have your code that you're sticking to, because uh, that did happen. They absolutely did try to hoard back the 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 poor charges and not pay them to you without explanation yes and you heard ryan's story but um i still would sail norwegian um i know i I guess i have a little bit more of a jaded outlook than you do i feel like you know these cruise lines or big corporations they're going to do whatever they can whatever they can get away with to separate you from your money and to me norwegian's product as a whole is still generally a net win, a net positive. Yes, I'm a little down on them too. I was a little down on them as well, but uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm not going to sail Norwegian, despite the fact that yeah, they uh, they try a little, they try to play games a little bit. But again, Charles, old school guy. If that's your code, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't play that, I'm with you, hundred percent. But again, thank you so much. Again, though, we don't know that we're going anywhere. No announcement is made, and we don't know that this whole thing is going to end. 
Uh, <clears throat> Hello, Tommy. My wife and I have a new baby, so we aren't able to get on a cruise until the fall. So we we aren't able to go on a cruise until the fall, since the baby has to be at least six months old to sail. We have a four-year-old. We always take Norwegian cruises out of New York and usually sail to Bermuda or Florida, the Bahamas. We finally decided to book a 10-day cruise in November to the Caribbean on the getaway to Bermuda, St. Martin, St. Thomas, San Juan, and Puerto Plata. What are some of the things to do in each of these ports with a baby and a four-year-old? We love the getaway, and we would be happy staying on the ship in port if we have to. Hopefully, you see this email before you quit the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. That's a strong way to put it, quit the podcast. I, I'm, I'm going to put in a two-week notice. I'm not going to just quit if I do. But again, Jeremy, reiterating that there is no plans as of yet. I'm always honest with you guys and tell you what's down the pipe. I didn't want to come on one day and just be like, hey, we gone. Uh but I did want to kind of, I guess, prep you a little bit. You know, like the freaking U.S. government is prepping us for the UFO landing. <laughs> Throw little teasers out there. Uh, there might be a mothership. Oh, there might be probing us. There might be a probes out there. There may be a mothership in the solar system and then little probes checking out Earth. But we don't have any reason to believe that they're hostile, you know. I guess it's not the same exact thing, is it? Um, All right, so you threw a little monkey wrench to me in there, in the mix there. You said the four-year-old and a baby. If you do listen to this show, you do know that I am not necessarily the um, all-out authority on cruising with kids. I would say get good use of that camp, uh, uh, the the kids' programs. Get them going in there. As far as what can you do um, for your... So I've never been to Bermuda either, um, and I wouldn't know what to do with a child in Bermuda. If you're talking about St. Martin, <clears throat> I would take the kids to Great Bay Beach. That's what I would do. I would go to Great Bay Beach because it's nice and simple, or any excursion that invites kids, because usually those excursions do very, very well with the kids if you want to do a cruise ship-sponsored excursion. But if you want to do it yourself, you want to DIY, you get into that little ferry, that little little bay ferry that takes you over to Great Bay Beach, and there you can set up shop on Great Bay Beach. You can have access to the shops uh, that are on the other side, which is downtown Phillipsburg in St. Martin. You can have access to the restaurants and, and bars and places you could eat and drink at, which line the beach. You have access to the water sports and everything that's right there. Uh, the Yoda store is right there too, uh, the Yoda shop. They ever retired. I think he's still there. If he's not still there, somebody let me know. But there is a retired costume designer for the Star Wars franchise. And he has a Yoda store and he has uh, a lot of artifacts from original artifacts from the Star Wars movies. And um, that's pretty much Great Bay. So I would say Great Bay Beach or just get, get in a um, get on a tour that is anything sponsored by the cruise line. Maho Beach is a good idea too. I wouldn't take the four-year-old to Margo. Margo or uh, Grand Cass or anything like that, they wouldn't probably enjoy it. Or even Orient Point, the kid's going to get bored. Uh, they may, the kid might love Maho Beach because you go get a table at Sunset uh, Bar and Grill and you see the planes. The kid might love the planes that fly very, very low to the ground. And that's just a cab ride. It's a bit of a lengthy cab ride, but I have to tell you, out of every island I've ever been in the Caribbean, the cab scenario in St. Martin is heads above better. They are such nice people. And even better, they are so very proud of their island. And they will talk your ear off about every... It's like a cab ride is like an island tour on St. Martin. 
So that's what I would say there. St. Thomas, what can you do with the kid? See, now I'm over. I would, oh, Paradise Point, do that with the kid. Take the kid. Uh, you walk off the cruise ship, and you walk to a place called Paradise Point. You'll see it when you get off the ship. It'll be cable cars that go to the top of the mountain and uh, go up there. Just go up there, hang out, and enjoy the sights, enjoy the view. Uh, maybe do a half day, then get back on the ship. Uh, Puerto Plata, Tiano Bay, I would say similarly. You really don't have to leave Tiano Bay. It's the same thing. You have a, you have a kid with you. Again, I'm, I'm not the best at the kid advice. D- uh, Puerto Plata, I would not necessarily leave the grounds and start walking around downtown Puerto Plata. I thought I was gonna. I, I, I thought I was. It was gonna all end for me when I did that. Even a little bit. Um, I would either stay at Tiano Bay, which is a beautiful, very, very nice uh, little cruise port. It's brand, It's fairly new. It looks fairly new, at least. Or do something that uh, people recommend that is um, uh, sponsored by the cruise cruise line or stay on the ship. I would say Puerto Plata. I would say walk around Tiano Bay, Tiano Resort. Tiano Cruise Port Terminal, walk around, but other than that, maybe get right back on the ship. San Juan, I would say, um, <clears throat> if you haven't done San Juan, I would I would think if you have a stroller and you can move the kid around, the kid would like the forts. San Juan, to me, I've never done anything but, well, I did the Bacardi tour once, I did an island tour once, and then the other eight times or so that I've been there, I've just done the walking tour of San Juan. When you walk around San Juan, yes, it does feel very safe. And uh, you do go from one fort to the other. You could see the beautiful forts. I would go to El Maro, maybe get a kite, maybe do one of the kite things because the wind is out of control. Uh, You'll see the Fort El Maro. Now, I'll say in San Juan, try not to miss the sail in. Because the sail into San Juan is so beautiful. And one of the first things you'll see is that fort that I suggest maybe you walk to or go to while you're on your cruise. And, uh, you know, it's a big, huge lawn for the kid to explore. And it's a cool historic point to, uh, to, to experience when you're there. Great, great photo opportunities. Like I said, maybe bring a kite, hang out there for a while. I definitely suggest eating in San Juan. Sit down to me out of all these places, San Juan. If you want to spend a little bit on a decent, nice little meal with the family, San Juan is the place to do it a hundred percent. And uh yeah, Bermuda, I don't know about. That's it. Hopefully that helped, guys. I appreciate you guys listening. Uh once again, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you want to book a cruise or if you want to contribute to the show. If you want to be a Patreon, if you want to be a Megacone, uh, hit up P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash alwaysbebooked. It's $8. You get five extra shows a week. That's 40 a month, basically. And uh, yeah, I tell wacky stories. We talk a lot. We go off topic. If you like what you hear on this show, and as you could probably tell, I'm a little off, or, or, I'm a little off my rocker. And if you like more of that, if you want to get more into that type of stuff, you want to be a Patreon. You want to be a Megacone. Uh, always be booked Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. Please join if you haven't. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Always be booked. And appreciate some of the work I've been doing with my Instagram reels. Always be booked there as well. You guys are the best. Boat drinks coming.